Section forty four of Ulysses. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Ulysses by James Joyce. Episode fifteen. Circe. Part six. The figure of Bella Cohen stands before him. Bella. You'll know me the next time. Bloom. Composed. Regards her. Passe, mutton dressed as lamb, long in the tooth and superfluous hair. A raw onion the last thing at night would benefit your complexion. And take some double chin drill. Your eyes are as vapid as the glass eyes of your stuffed fox. They have the dimensions of your other features, that's all. I'm not a triple screw propeller. Bella, contemptuously. You're not game, in fact. Her sour-cunt barks. <laughs> Bloom, contemptuously. Clean your nailless middle finger first. Your bully's cold spunk is dripping from your coxcomb. Take a handful of hay and wipe yourself. I know you, canvasser, dead cod. I saw him, kip-keeper, pox and gleet vendor. Bella turns to the piano. Which of you was playing the dead march from Saul? Zoe. Me? Mind your cornflowers. She darts to the piano and bangs chords on it with crossed arms. The cats ramble through the slag. She glances back. Eh? Who's making love to my sweeties? She darts back to the table. What's yours is mine, and what's mine is my own. Kitty, disconcerted, coats her teeth with the silver paper. Bloom approaches Zoe. Gently. Give me back that potato, will you? Zoe. Forfeits, a fine thing and a superfine thing. Bloom, with feeling. It is nothing but still, a relic of poor mamma. Give a thing and take it back. God'll ask you where is that. You'll say you don't know. God'll send you down below. There is a memory attached to it. I should like to have it. Stephen. To have or not to have, that is the question. Zoe. Here. She hauls up a reef of her slip, revealing her bare thigh, and unrolls the potato from the top of her stocking. Those that hides knows where to find. Bella frowns. Here, this isn't a musical peep show, and don't you smash that piano. Who's paying here? She goes to the pianola. Stephen fumbles in his pocket, and, taking out a banknote by its corner, hands it to her. Stephen, with exaggerated politeness. This silken purse I made out of the sow's ear of the public. Madam, excuse me, if you allow me. He indicates, vaguely, Lynch and Bloom. We are all in the same sweepstake, Kinch and Lynch. Dans ce bordel où tenons notre état. Lynch calls from the hearth. Daedalus, give your blessing for me. Stephen. Hands Bella a coin. Gold. She has it. Bella looks at the money, then at Stephen, then at Zoe, Flory, and Kitty. Do you want three girls? It's ten shillings here. Stephen, delightedly. A hundred thousand apologies. He fumbles again and takes out and hands her two crowns. Parmi, brave Manu, my sight is somewhat troubled. Bella goes to the table to count the money while Stephen talks to himself in monosyllables. Zoe bends over the table. 
Kitty leans over Zoe's neck. Lynch gets up, writes his cap, and, clasping Kitty's waist, adds his head to the group. Florrie strives heavily to rise. Ow, my foot's asleep. She limps over to the table. Bloom approaches. Bella, Zoe, Kitty, Lynch, Bloom. Chattering and squabbling. The gentleman. Ten shillings. Pay for the three. Allow me a moment. This gentleman pays separate. Who's touching it? Ow, mind who you're pinching. Are you staying the night or a short time? Who did? You're a lawyer, excuse the me. The gentleman paid down like a gentleman. Drink. Drink. It's long after eleven. Stephen, that's the pianola, making a gesture of abhorrence. No bottles? What, eleven? A riddle. Zoe, lifting up her pettigown and folding a half-sovereign into the top of her stocking. Hard-earned on the flat of my back. Lynch, lifting Kitty from the table. Come. Kitty. Wait. She clutches the two crowns. Florrie. And me? Lynch. Hoopla! He lifts her, carries her, and bumps her down on the sofa. Stephen. The fox crew, the cocks flew, the bells in heaven were striking eleven. Tis time for her poor soul to get out of heaven. Bloom quietly lays a half-sovereign on the table between Bella and Florrie. So, allow me. He takes up the pound note. Three times ten. We're square. Bella, admiringly. You're such a slyboots old cocky. I could kiss you. Zoe points. Him? Deep as a drawwell. Lynch bends Kitty back over the sofa and kisses her. Bloom goes with the pound note to Stephen. This is yours. Stephen. How's that? Lady Stray or absent-minded beggar? He fumbles again in his pocket and draws out a handful of coins. An object falls. <laughs> that fell. Bloom, stooping, picks up and hands a box of matches. This. <sighs> Lucifer. Thanks. Bloom, quietly. You had better hand over that cash to me to take care of. Why pay more? Stephen hands him all his coins. Be just before you are generous. I will, but is it wise? He counts. One, seven, eleven, and five. Six, eleven. I don't answer for what you may have lost. Why striking eleven? Prepare Occitan. A moment before the next lesson says, Thirsty fox. <laughs> Burying his grandmother probably killed her. That is one pound six and eleven. One pound seven, say. Oh, it doesn't matter a rambling damn. No, but... Stephen comes to the table. Cigarette, please. Lynch tosses a cigarette from the sofa to the table. And so Georgina Johnson is dead and married. A cigarette appears on the table. Stephen looks at it. Wonder. Parlor magic. Married. Hmm. He strikes a match and proceeds to light the cigarette with enigmatic melancholy. Lynch, watching him. You would have a better chance of lighting it if you held the match nearer. Stephen brings the match near his eye. Oh, lynx eye. Must get glasses. Broke them yesterday. Sixteen years ago. It distance. The, the eye sees all flat. He draws the match away. It goes out. Brain thinks. Near? Far. Ineluctable modality of the visible. He frowns mysteriously. Hmm. Sphinx. 
the beast that has two backs at midnight <laughs> married zoe it was a commercial traveller married her and took her away with him flory nods mr lamb from london lamb of london who takest away the sins of our world lynch embracing kitty on the sofa chants deeply dona nobis passum the cigarette slips from stephen's fingers bloom picks it up and throws it in the grate don't smoke you ought to eat cursed dog i met to zoe you have nothing is he hungry stephen extends his hand to her smiling and chants to the air of the blood oath in the dusk of the gods hangende hunger fragende frau mag duns alle kaputt zoe tragically hamlet i am thy father's gimlet she takes his hand blue eyes beauty i'll read your hand she points to his forehead no wit no wrinkles she counts two three mars that's courage stephen shakes his head no kid lynch sheet lightning courage the youth who could not shiver and shake to zoe who taught you palmistry zoe turns ask my bollocks that i haven't got to stephen i see it in your face the eye like that she frowns with lowered head lynch laughing slaps kitty behind twice <laughs> like that pandy bat twice loudly a pandy bat cracks the coffin of the pianola flies open the bald little round jack-in-the-box head of father dolan springs up any boy want flogging broke his glasses lazy idle little schemer see it in your eye mild benign rectorial reproving the head of don john conmee rises from the pianola coffin now father dolan now i am sure that stephen is a very good little boy zoe examining stephen's palm woman's hand stephen murmurs continue lie hold me caress i never could read his handwriting except his criminal thumbprint on the haddock what day were you born thursday today thursday's child has far to go she traces lines on his hand line of fate influential friends flory pointing imagination mount of the moon you'll meet with a she peers at his hands abruptly i won't tell you what's not good for you or do you want to know bloom detaches her fingers and offers his palm more harm than good here read mine bella show she turns up bloom's hand i thought so knobby knuckles for the women zoe peering at bloom's palm gridiron travels beyond the sea and marry money wrong oh i see short little finger henpecked husband that wrong black liz a huge rooster hatching in a chalked circle rises stretches her wings and clucks Gara, clock 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 she sidles from her new-laid egg and waddles off bloom points to his hand that wheel there is an accident fell and cut it twenty-two years ago i was sixteen i see says the blind man tell us news stephen see moves to one great goal i'm twenty-two sixteen years ago he was twenty-two too 
Sixteen years ago I twenty-two tumbled. Twenty-two years ago he sixteen fell off his hobby-horse. He winces. Mm. Hurt my hand somewhere. Must see a dentist. Money? Zoe whispers to Florrie. They giggle. Bloom releases his hand and writes idly on the table in backhand, penciling slow curves. Florrie. What? A hackney car, number 324, with a gallant buttocked mare, driven by James Barton, Harmony Avenue, Donnybrook, trots past. Blazes Boylan and Lenihan sprawl swaying on the side seats. The Ormond Boots crouches behind on the axle. Sadly over the cross-blind, Lydia Douce and Mina Kennedy gaze. The Boots, jogging, mocks them with thumb and wriggling worm fingers. Ha-ha! Have you the horn? Bronze by gold, they whisper. Zoe to Flory. Whisper. They whisper again. Over the well of the car, Blazes Boylan leans, his boater straw set sideways, a red flower in his mouth. Lenihan, in yachtsman's cap and white shoes, officiously detaches a long hair from Blazes Boylan's coat shoulder. Lenihan. Oh, what do I hear? Behold, very brushing the cobwebs of a few twins. Boylan, seated, smiles. Talking a turkey. A good night's work. Boylan, holding up four thick, blunt-ungulated fingers, winks. Ah, blazes, Kit. After a sample, are your money back? He holds out a forefinger. Smell that. Lenihan smells gleefully. Ha! Lobster and mayonnaise. Ha! Zoe and Flory. <laughs> Boylan jumps surely from the car and calls loudly for all to hear. Hello, Bloom. Mrs. Bloom raised yet? Bloom, in flunkies, prune-plush coat and knee-breeches, buff stockings and powdered wig. I'm afraid not, sir. The last articles. Boylan tosses him sixpence. Here, to buy yourself a gin and splash. He hangs his hat smartly on a peg of Bloom's antlered head. Show me in. I have a little private business with your wife, you understand. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. Madam Tweedy is in her bath, sir. Marion. He ought to feel himself highly honoured. She plops, splashing, out of the water. Rule, darling, come and dry me. I'm on my pelt. Only my new hat and a carriage sponge. Boylan. A merry twinkle in his eye. Topping. Bella. What? What is it? Zoe whispers to her. Marion. Let him look, the fishhook. Pimp and scorch himself. I'll write to a powerful prostitute, or Bartholomona, the bearded woman, to raise wheels out on him an inch thick, and make him bring me back a signed and stamped receipt. Boylan clasps himself. Uh, here, I can't hold this little art much longer. He strides off on stiff cavalry legs. Bella. <laughs> Boylan to Bloom over his shoulder. You can apply your eye to the keyhole and play with yourself while I just go through her a few times. Thank you, sir. I will, sir. May I bring two men chums to witness the deed and take a snapshot? He holds out an ointment jar. Vaseline, sir? Orange flower? Lukewarm water? Kitty, from the sofa. Tell us, Flory, tell us what? Flory whispers to her. 
whispering love-words murmur, lip-lapping loudly, popismic plop-slop. Mina Kennedy, her eyes upturned. Oh, it must be like the scent of geraniums and lovely peaches. Oh, he simply idolizes every bit of her, stuck together, covered with kisses. Lydia Deuce, her mouth opening. Yum, yum. Oh, he's carrying round the room doing it. Ride a cock horse. You could hear them in Paris and New York. Like mouthfuls of strawberry and cream. Kitty. <laughs> Boylan's voice. Sweetly, hoarsely, in the pit of his stomach. Oh, oh bless Christ. Marion's voice. Hoarsely, sweetly, rising to her throat. Bloom, his eyes wildly dilated, clasps himself. Show, hide, show, plower, more, shoot. Bella, Zoe, Flory, Kitty. <laughs> Lynch points. The mirror up to nature. <laughs> Stephen and Bloom gaze in the mirror. The face of William Shakespeare, beardless, appears there, rigid in facial paralysis, crowned by the reflection of the reindeer antlered hat rack in the hall. Shakespeare, in dignified ventriloquy, tis the loud laugh bespeaks the vacant mind to bloom. Thou thoughtest as how thou wastest invisible. Gaze, he crows with a black capon's laugh. Iago, go. How my old fellow choke it his Thursday morning. Yeah, go, go, go. Bloom smiles yellowly at the three whores. When will I hear the joke? Zoe. Before you're twice married and once a widower. Lapses are condoned. Even the great Napoleon, when measurements were taken next the skin after his death. Mrs. Dignam, widow woman, her snub nose and cheeks flushed with death talk, tears and tunny's tawny sherry hurries by in her weeds her bonnet awry rouging and powdering her cheeks lips and nose a pen chivying her brood of signets beneath her skirt appear her late husband's everyday trousers and turned-up boots large eights she holds a scottish widow's insurance policy and a large marquee umbrella under which her brood run with her Patsy hopping on one shod foot, his collar loose, a hank of pork steaks dangling, Freddy whimpering, Susie with the crying cod's mouth, Alice struggling with the baby. She cuffs them on, her streamers flaunting aloft. Freddy. Ah, oh, Ma, you're dragging me along. Susie. Mama, the beefty is fizzing over. Shakespeare, with paralytic rage. Wait a sucker, who kill the first? The face of Martin Cunningham, bearded, re-features Shakespeare's beardless face. The marquee umbrella sways drunkenly. The children run aside. Under the umbrella appears Mrs. Cunningham in merry widow hat and kimono gown. She glides, sidling and bowing, twirling Japaneseily. Mrs. Cunningham sings, And they call me the jewel of Asia. Martin Cunningham gazes on her impassive immense most bloody awful demirep stephen 
et exultabuntur cornua iusti queens lay with prize bulls remember pasiphae for whose lust my grand old gross father made the first confession box forget not madame gristle stevens nor the suine scions of the house of lambert and noah was drunk with wine and his ark was open bella none of that here come to the wrong shop lynch let him alone he's back from paris zoe runs to stephen and links him oh go on give us some parley-voo stephen claps hat on head and leaps over to the fireplace where he stands with shrugged shoulders finny hands outspread a painted smile on his face lynch oomling on the sofa stephen gabbles with marionette jerks thousand places of entertainment to expense your evenings with lovely ladies sailing gloves and other things perhaps hers heart beer chops perfect fashionable house very eccentric where lots cocottes beautiful dressed much about princesses like our dancing can-can and walking their parisian clowneries extra foolish for bachelors foreigns the same if talking a poor english how much smart they are on things love and sensations voluptuous Mr.'s very selects, for his pleasure must to visit heaven and hell, show with mortuary candles and they tears silver which occur every night. Perfectly shocking, terrific of religion's things, mockery seen in universal world. All chic womans which arrive full of modesty then disrobe and squeal loud to see vampire man debauch none, very fresh young with desu troublant. He clacks his tongue loudly. Oh la la, ce pifkila! Lynch. Vive le vampire! the whores bravo parlez-vous stephen grimacing with head back laughs loudly clapping himself ha <laughs> great success of laughing angels much prostitutes like and holy apostles big damn ruffians debi mondaine nicely handsome sparkling of diamonds very amiable costumed or do you are fond better what belongs they moderns pleasure turpitude of old mans he points about him with grotesque gestures which Lynch and the whores reply to. Cauchook statue woman reversible, or life-size tom-peep-tom of virgins' nudities, very lesbic the kiss five-ten times. Enter, gentlemen, to see in mirror every position trapezes all that machine there besides, also if desire, act awfully bestial. Butcher's boy pollutes in warm veal liver or omelette on the belly piastre Shakespeare. Bella, clapping her belly, sinks back on the sofa with a shout of laughter. An omelette on the... <laughs> Stephen, mincingly. I love you, sir, darling. Speak you Englishman tongue for double entente cordiale. Oh, yes, mon loup. How much cost? Waterloo, water closet. He ceases suddenly and holds up a forefinger. Bella, laughing. <laughs> oh, amulet. <laughs> the whores, laughing. Encore, encore. Stephen. Mark me, I dreamt of a watermelon. Zoe. Go abroad and love a foreign lady. Lynch. Across the world for a wife. Flory. Dreams goes by contraries. Stephen extends his arms. It was here, streets of harlots. In Serpentine Avenue, Beelzebub showed her me, a fubsy widow. Where's the red carpet spread? Bloom, approaching Stephen. Look. No, I flew. My foes beneath me, and ever shall be, world without end. He cries, Pater, free! I say, look. Break my spirit, will he? Oh, merde alors! He cries, his vulture talons sharpened. Hola, hilly ho! 
Simon Dedalus's voice hillows in answer, somewhat sleepy but ready. That's all right. He swoops uncertainly through the air, wheeling, uttering cries of heartening, on strong, ponderous buzzard wings. Ho, oh boy, are you going to win? Hoop, trot, stable with those half-casts. Wouldn't let them within the ball and ass. Head up, keep our flag flying, an eagle gules volant in a field argent displayed, Ulster king at arms. Hey, hoop! He makes the beagle's call, giving tongue. Hi, boy. The fronds and spaces of the wallpaper file rapidly across country. A stout fox, drawn from covert, brush-pointed, having buried his grandmother, runs swift for the open, bright-eyed, seeking badger earth under the leaves. The pack of staghounds follows, nose to the ground, sniffing their quarry, beagle-baying, burble-bling to be blooded. Ward Union huntsmen and huntswomen, live with them, hot for a kill. From six-mile point, flat-house, nine-mile stone, follow the foot-people, with knotty sticks, hay-forks, salmon-gaffs, lassoes, flock-masters with stock-whips, bear-baiters with tom-toms, toreadors with bull-swords, grey negroes waving torches. The crowd balls of dicers, crown-and-anchor-players, thimble-riggers, broadsmen, crows and touts, horse-bookies in high-wizard hats clamour deafeningly. Card of the races, racing card! Ten to one the field! Tommy on the clay here, Tommy on the clay. Ten to one bar one, ten to one bar one. Try your luck on spitting Jenny. Ten to one bar one. Sell the monkeys, boys, sell the monkey. I'll give ten to one. Ten to one bar one. A dark horse, riderless, bolts like a phantom past the winning post. His mane, moon foaming, his eyeballs, stars. The field follows, a bunch of bucking mounts. Skeleton horses, Scepter, Maximum the Second, Zinfandel, the Duke of Westminster's Shotover, Repulse, the Duke of Beaufort's Ceylon, Prix de Paris. Dwarfs ride them, rusty armoured, leaping, leaping in their, in their saddles. Last, in a drizzle of rain on a broken-winded Isabel Nag, Cock of the North, the favourite, honeycap, green jacket, orange sleeves, Garrett Deasy up, gripping the reins, a hockey stick at the ready. His nag on spavined white gaitered feet jogs along the rocky road. The orange lodges, jeering. Get down and push, mister. Last lap. You'll be home the night. Garrett Deasy, bolt upright, his nail-scraped face, plastered with postage stamps, brandishes his hockey stick his blue eyes flashing in the prism of the chandelier, as his mount lopes by at schooling gallop. Per vias rectas. A yoke of buckets, leopards all over him and his rearing nag, a torrent of mutton broth with dancing coins of carrots, barley, onions, turnips, potatoes. The green lodges. Soft day, Sir John. Soft day, Your Honour. Private Carr, Private Compton, and Sissy Caffrey pass beneath the windows, singing in discord. Stephen. Hark! Our friend noise in the street. Zoe holds up her hand. Stop. 
Private Carr, Private Compton, and Sissy Caffrey. Yet I'm the sort of Yorkshire relish for. Zoe. That's me. She claps her hands. Dance, dance. She runs to the pianola. Who has two pence? Bloom. Who? Lynch, handing her coins. Here. Stephen, cracking his fingers impatiently. Quick, quick, where's my auger's rod? He runs to the piano and takes his ash plant, beating his foot in tripudium. Zoe turns the drum handle. There. She drops two pennies in the slot. Gold, pink, and violet lights start forth. The drum turns purring in low hesitation waltz. Professor Goodwin, in a bow-knotted periwig, in court dress, wearing a stained Inverness cape, bent in two from incredible age, totters across the room, his hands fluttering. He sits tinily on the piano-stool and lifts and beats handless sticks of arms on the keyboard, nodding with damsel's grace, his bow-knot bobbing. Zoe twirls round herself, heel-tapping. Dance. Anybody here for there? Who'll dance? Clear the table. The pianola with changing lights plays in waltz time the prelude of My Girl's a Yorkshire Girl. Stephen throws his ash plant on the table and seizes Zoe round the waist. Florrie and Bella push the table towards the fireplace. Stephen, arming Zoe with exaggerated grace, begins to waltz her round the room. Bloom stands aside. Her sleeve, falling from gracing arms, reveals a white flesh flower of vaccination. Between the curtains, Professor Magini inserts a leg, on the toe point of which spins a silk hat. With a deft kick, he sends it spinning to his crown, and jaunty-hatted, skates in. He wears a slate frock coat, with claret silk lapels, a gorget of cream tulle, a green low-cut waistcoat, stock collar with white kerchief, tight lavender trousers, patent pumps and canary gloves. In his buttonhole is an immense dahlia. He twirls in reversed directions a clouded cane, then wedges it tight in his oxter. He places a hand lightly on his breastbone, bows, and fondles his flower and buttons. Magini. The poetry of motion, art of calisthenics. No connection with Madame Leggett Burns or Levenstons. Fancy dress balls arranged. Deportment. The caddy liner step. So, watch me. My tripsichorean abilities. He minuets forward three paces on tripping bee's feet. To le monde en avant. Reverence. To le monde en place. The prelude ceases. Professor Goodman, beating vague arms, shrivels, sinks his live cape falling about the stool. The air in firmer waltz time sounds. Stephen and Zoe circle freely. The lights change, glow fine gold, rosy violet. The pianola. Two young fellows were talking about the girls, girls, girls. Sweethearts they'd laugh behind. From a corner the morning hours run out gold-haired, slim-sandaled in girlish blue, wasp-waisted with innocent hands. Nimbly they dance, twirling their skipping ropes. The hours of noon follow in amber-gold. Laughing, linked, high hair-combs flashing, they catch the sun in mocking mirrors, lifting their arms. 
Magini, clip-claps, glove-silent hands. Carré, avant-deux, breathe evenly, balance. The morning and noon hours waltz in their places, turning, advancing to each other, shaping their curves, bowing vis-à-vis. Cavaliers behind them arch and suspend their arms, with hands descending to, touching, rising from their shoulders. Hours. You may touch my... Cavaliers. May I touch your... Oh, but lightly. Oh, so lightly. The pianola. My little shy little lass has a waist. Zoe and Stephen turn boldly with looser swing. The twilight hours advance from long land shadows, dispersed, lagging, languid-eyed, their cheeks delicate with cypria and false faint bloom. They are in grey gauze with dark bat sleeves that flutter in the land breeze. Magini. Avant oui, traversé, salut, coup de moi, crossé. The night hours, one by one, steal to the last place. Morning, noon, and twilight hours retreat before them. They are masked with daggered hair and bracelets of dull bells. Weary, they kerchy-kerchy under veils. The bracelets. Hey-ho, hey-ho. Zoe, twirling her hand to her brow. Oh! Magini. Les trois, de dames, la corbelle, dos à dos. Arabesquing wearily, they weave a pattern on the floor, weaving, unweaving curtsying, twirling, simply swirling. I'm giddy. She frees herself, droops on a chair. Stephen seizes Flory and turns with her. Magini. Boulanger, les rangs, les poings, chevaux de bois, escargot. Twining, receding, with interchanging hands, the night hours link each with arching arms in a mosaic of movements. Stephen and Flory turn cumbrously. Magini. Dansez avec vos dames. Changez de dames. Donnez le petit beaucoup à votre dame. Remerciez. The pianola. Best, best of all. Parlabam. Kitty jumps up. Oh, they played that on the hobby horses at the merest bazaar. She runs to Stephen. He leaves Flory brusquely and seizes Kitty. A screaming bittern's harsh high whistle shrieks. Grown grouse gurgling toft's cumbersome whirligig turns slowly the room right about the room. The pianola. My girl's a Yorkshire girl. Zoe. Yorkshire through and through. Come on, all. She seizes Flory and waltzes her. Stephen. Puzzle. He wheels Kitty into Lynch's arms, snatches up his ash plant from the table, and takes the floor. All, wheel, whirl, waltz, twirl. Bloom, Bella, Kitty, Lynch, Flory, Zoe, Jujube, women. Stephen with hat, ash plant, frog splits in middle, high kicks with sky-kicking mouth, shut hand, clasp, part under thigh. With clang, tinkle, boom, hammer, tally-ho, horn-blower, blue, green, yellow, Flashes, tofts, cumbersome, turns with hobby-horse riders, from gilded snakes dangled, bowels fandango leaping, spurn, soil, foot, and fall again. 
the pianola no she's a factory lass and wears no fancy clothes close clutched swift swifter with glare blare flare scudding they scoot loot shoot lumbering by barra boom tutti encore bis bravo encore simon think of your mother's people stephen dance of death bang fresh barang bang of lackey's bell horse nag steer piglings con me on christass lame crutch and leg sailor in cock boat arm folded rope pulling hitching stamp hornpipe through and through barabum on nags hogs bell horses gadarene swine corny in coffin steel shark stone one-handled nelson two trickies frauenzimmer plum stained from pram filling bawling gum he's a champion fuse blue peer from barrel rev evensong love on hackney jaunt blazes blind cod doubled bicyclers dilly with snow-cake no fancy clothes then in last switch-back lumbering up and down bump mash-tub sort of viceroy and rain relish for tub lumber bumpshire rose barra boom the couples fall aside stephen whirls giddily room whirls back eyes closed he totters red rails fly spacewards stars all around suns turn round about bright midges dance on walls he stops dead ho oh. stephen's mother emaciated rises stark through the floor in leper grey with a wreath of faded orange blossoms and a torn bridal veil her face worn and noseless green with grave mould her hair is scant and lank she fixes her blue circled hollow eye sockets on stephen and opens her toothless mouth uttering a silent word a choir of virgins and confessors sing voicelessly from the top of a tower buck mulligan in party-coloured jester's dress of puce and yellow and clown's cap with curling bell stands gaping at her a smoking buttered split scone in his hand she's beastly dead the pity of it mulligan meets the afflicted mother he upturns his eyes mercurial malachi the mother with the subtle smile of death's madness i was once the beautiful may golding i am dead stephen horror-struck lemur who are you no what bogeyman's trick is this buck mulligan shakes his curling cap bell the mockery of it kinch dog's body killed her bitch body she kicked the bucket tears of molten butter fall from his eyes on to the scone oh great sweet mother the mother comes nearer breathing upon him softly her breath of wetted ashes all must go through it stephen more women than men in the world you too time will come stephen choking with fright remorse and horror they say i killed you mother he offended your memory cancer did it not i 
"'Destiny!' the mother, a green rill of bile trickling from a side of her mouth. "'You sang that song to me, Love's Bitter Mystery.' "'Tell me, mother, if you know now, the word known to all men.' "'Who saved you the night you jumped on the train at Dorky with Paddy Lee? "'Who had pity for you when you were sad amongst strangers? "'Prayer is all-powerful. "'Prayer for the suffering souls of the Ellicene Manual, "'and forty days' indulgence.' Repent, Stephen. The ghoul! Hyena! I pray for you in my other world. Get Dilly to make you that boiled rice every night after your brain work. Years and years I loved you. Oh, my son, my firstborn, when you lay in my womb. Zoe, fanning herself with the great fan. I'm melting. Flory points to Stephen. Look, he's what? Bloom goes to the window to open it more. Giddy! The mother, with smouldering eyes. Repent, O oh, the fire of hell. His non-corrosive sublimate, the corpse-chewer, raw head and bloody bones. The mother, her face drawing near and nearer, sending out an ashen breath. Beware. She raises her blackened, withered right arm slowly towards Stephen's breast with outstretched finger. Beware God's hand. A green crab with malignant red eyes sticks deep its grinning claws in Stephen's heart. Stephen, strangled with rage. Sight! His features grow drawn grey and old. Bloom at the window. What? No, par exemple. The intellectual imagination. With me all or not at all. Non serviam. Flory. Give him some cold water. Wait. She rushes out. The mother wrings her hands slowly, moaning desperately. O oh, sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on him, save him from hell, O oh, divine sacred heart! No, 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 break my spirit, all of you, if you can! I'll bring you all to heal! The mother, in the agony of her death-rattle. Have mercy on Stephen, Lord, for my sake. Inexpressible was my anguish when expired with love and grief and agony on Mount Cavalry. Nothing! He lifts his ash-plant high with both hands, and smashes the chandelier. Time's livid final flame leaps, and in the following darkness, ruin of all space, shattered glass and toppling masonry. The gas jet. <whistles> Bloom. Stop! Lynch rushes forward and seizes Stephen's hand. Here, hold on. Don't run amok. Bella. Police! Stephen, abandoning his ash plant, his head and arms thrown back stark, beats the ground and flies from the room past the whores at the door. Bella screams, After him! End of section 44